0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to Road Football Show. I am Patrick Gardy, and I am not manic. I am joined today by Patrick Crane, Kyle Dvorczyk, and Denny Carter as we get ready to preview the entire Week 10 slate. This includes such games as the Vikings at the Bills, Ramey made out of Josh Allen, and uh, the Colts with a high school coach facing a Raiders team coming off the worst loss by any team in the entire league all season in back-to-back weeks. It's going to be a lit <laughs> slate. Um, but first, uh, we're going to riff because that's what we do, except for we don't have a riffing topic. So uh, anybody have anything they want to riff about? I can, well, I can yeah, tell you I
1: something did. a little interesting here that I'm going to be doing on Saturday. Yeah. So I'm going down to DC. Now I'm meeting a family that is like a, a new branch of my family. Wow. That uh, we my sister through DNA testing found like a someone who's like related is, is like kind of a first cousin, not quite. And it turns out how that, is that my
0: possible? <laughs> Well,
1: cuz my there are it was her half first cousin. My grandfather before he met my grandmother but he he married kind of old he was like in his late 30s or early 40s this is salacious i like it he had he had a child who was put up for adoption and like through this dna testing we found out like that we are related like what this wasn't known now my dad's half brother has passed away but we're meeting all of his kids so there's this like whole group of first cousins
2: that we're meeting up with uh in dc as someone who uh Lives in the D.C. area, Pat. I want to apologize for the weather that you're going to encounter here. It's uh, supposed to be miserable. And oh uh, uh, god!
0: Well, as someone who has a secret family too, I'm just glad that you're finding out about your secret family while they're still uh, not too soon. Oh, um, uh, well, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you say one oh, yeah.
1: out of been, you you you've created the secret. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> you say one out of every. One out of every four people in the entire country has a secret family. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. It's actually very common. That's analytics. Yeah, it is analytics.
1: There <laughs> I am. I am an analytics
0: guy, and i have also a secret family. <laughs> that is, he's found the 25% of his family that's secret. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I don't know why I immediately started joking about. It. That's pretty amazing, actually. Well, yeah. So
1: like, so my dad's half, My dad was an English professor. So was this half brother. What? Yeah, there's like some weird parallels. Uh, wow. one, of his, one of his kids is in like uh, cybersecurity for the government, which is what my brother started doing. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, one of them um, writes for uh, for NBC. It's Kyle. Kyle, you're my <laughs> Damn,
3: you. Damn you. Damn you. I had that joke coming. Uh, it was, it was I really literally had. Uh, one of them said he works for some sports website. Name rhymes with Lyle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, would
0: be like, That's weird. I'm going to D.C. on Saturday. To <laughs> my secret family. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. But Kyle, he's a less, he's a little more private person. You didn't want to talk about a secret family live on the air. But uh, yeah. 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 You're he kind of one... ruining
3: the whole secret part of it.
0: Yeah. I know. I know. Sorry. Right, it's not right, a secret. We're yeah, not going right.
3: trying to. Yeah, uh... yeah. Hopefully they're not
2: listening. <laughs> you, you, you guys, you guys will bond over your, your hatred of the running back position. You know,
0: there I mean, you go. I'm that sure. would be spooky. That would be spooky. Tell you what else would be spooky. is the Buffalo Bills playing without Josh Allen. Uh, we begin in Buffalo where neither the Bills nor the bookies seem to have any idea who will be under center. Josh Allen and his elbow injury have yet to practice this week, creating a very real possibility that journeyman Case Keenum will be under center. And what, let's be real, it's a revenge game against the Vikings. Crane, what will be the difference in this offensive environment if Josh Allen does or does not play? I
1: mean, obviously, if Josh Allen doesn't go, it's going to be a big downgrade for this offense one thing that's interesting about the bills is that their pass heaviness was already trending down uh, from weeks one through five that have 14 percent pass rate ever expected over the last three games that's fallen to six percent obviously that's with allen so i think without allen we could really see them be kind of more balanced uh, which would be the first time all year they've been balanced but i do think there's a couple reasons to stay like semi-optimistic not completely panic on this passing game one is that the Bills are very pass-heavy on first and 10. Even last week, they had an 18% pass rate of expected on first down, which is massive. They lead the league with a 13% pass rate of expected on first down. Prioritizing the pass on first down, they clearly have a philosophical bent to that, and that's going to create more efficiency for a passing game generally. So that's good to see, and that should help Case Keenum be okay against a middling Vikings secondary. So, I, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big downgrade if Allen can't go, but... I do think that, you know, Keenum could keep things moving okay.
0: And he did also complete one of the most famous passes of the decade to Steph Diggs. So hopefully there's still a little chemistry there, and hopefully we don't go totally off the rails with the Bills' offense. But, Kyle, some people would say Gabe Davis already off the rails, hasn't caught more than three passes since week one, 68 scoreless yards over the past two weeks. Really the only one true spiked week. He got spiked a week in week one kind of spiked the week, uh, the week after his big game against the Steelers. But is, Gabe, is Gabe's season canceled, or is there still enough upside here where you have to keep treating him as a wide receiver three?
3: Yeah, the thing you need to understand about Gabe' season is that it's not a, you know, for it's not a 17-game season. It's a three-game season that you don't know when it comes, and you just keep playing him anyways. I don't think you actually play him with Case Keenum under center, though I think that would be my caveat. But when you look at what he does, I mean, it's not a ton using SIS data on shallow routes, hooks, outs, crosses, corners. He is outside the top 50 in yards per route run. The only route he really excels in is posts. He's not bad at vertical routes either. That's Same. not surprising, right? That, uh, you're good at those. That's what you're yeah. saying?
0: The verts. Well, yeah, I mean, I ran... I broke clear on a vert in Canton, Ohio, in case you guys you, forgot. You, did. you actually did. And the quarterback. Yeah.
2: And you didn't come back to the ball. I know. So
0: I didn't, the film guy said I did not come back. to the ball at all. <laughs> I, just kept going. Um, I thought all I had to do was shake my man. I forgot you have to
2: play receiver, not just fade away from the ball. Yeah, you know,
3: I, I'm not actually Josh Allen. I, I can't did start it.
0: just fading away from the ball. <laughs> well, when they say
3: run a fade, they don't mean fade out of the play. They mean yeah, the yeah. route is physically a fade. But uh, the point being Gabe does really just one to two things. Well, he beats his man deep. He doesn't really do much else. And with Josh Allen under center on a pass first offense, that is great for spike weeks. It is not great for his floor, but that is just who he is without Josh Allen. under center, I actually do think you just bench him because you cap so much of your ceiling by taking away the cannon. That is Josh Allen.
0: I think that's fair. I'm, I'm benching him in a league for uh, probably DJ Moore, which which needs to be on there. Anyway, I have to make that decision this evening. Um, I think you're going go right. with DJ Moore over game day, even though I mean, do we have a lean on Josh Allen. What do you guys think? We didn't okay.
2: practice on Thursday. I, I think it's a long shot. Yeah, I think he's probably out.
0: Me too. Uh, it seems like you probably only miss like a game though. Agreed. We'll see. Denny, a name I feel like we have not uttered all season is Dalvin cook. Like mm-hmm. maybe the least discussed superstar of the 2022 mm-hmm. fantasy season, but still putting up pretty solid numbers, pretty bankable floor. Just not really seeing the spiked weeks. Not maybe seeing as many receptions as we'd like. Just how are things trending in Dalvin Cook land?
2: I thought I was going to look into this and say, "Ha, huh, I found it. I found why Dalvin Cook is not, you know, excelling is not is not you know delivering for those who drafted him in the first, second round, or whatever." And folks, I did not find that. He's <laughs> uh, uh he's twelfth in expected running back fantasy points through week nine. He's fourteenth in actual <laughs> fantasy running back points. So there's not like a huge gap there. Um, He has six touchdowns and, and he is seeing most of the goal line carries for Minnesota. Um, He has more high value touches at this point in the season than he did last year in week nine. He's not converting as many, I suppose into uh, into touchdowns. Um, It's, it's really, if you can drill down to something, I think it's his lack of pass catching opportunities in the offense. He's averaging 2.7 targets per game uh, he averaged four targets per game, uh, both last year and in 2020. Um, but, you know, he's 11th in running back pass routes. So he's he's out there. They're just not targeting him.
0: Not, I mean, I think I sort of feel like Dalvin Cook could be someone who produces more fantasy points in the second half of the season. It's kind of of the reasons you laid out where there's really nothing fundamentally wrong. And he still seems like a good player. And basically it seems like we might get some aggression to the mean
1: right, right? I, I agree with that his snaps are back up cuz he had that shoulder injury that kind of knocked his snaps down and he's had snapshares of 88%, 76% and 86 percent in his last 3 games so those are all very strong the 280 plus to 85% plus snapshares are very very strong um if they keep playing them like that there should be some aggression i think
0: Crane, anything on the Bills' backfield? Is it going to be a three man committee with or without Josh Allen this week? Devin Singletary, Naheem Hines, and uh, James Cook. Had to think who the third was.
1: I think this maybe sets Mm -hmm. up well for Singletary in a sense where, you know, if they're leaning more on like a traditional run game, I think he's their guy there. Uh, He had 74% of the snaps last week. So, you know, Naheem Hines, maybe he just wasn't ready, but it's kind of more of the same with, with the Bills' backfield. They're leaning on Singletary. He ranks 14th in success rate. You know, it's pretty solid. He's not, like, explosive or anything, but I think he could kind of help keep the chains moving in this game.
0: Kyle Dvorak will be waking up bright and early to tell the folks what they need to know about the Seahawks and Buccaneers in München, Germany, on Sunday morning. Kyle, Kyle, what do we need to know about the Seahawks and Bucks playing in Germany?
3: Wow, man of culture pronouncing isn't that they're playing in in what I would say is Munich, but you have to come out here and show that you're a man of the world. Very impressive. No, we'll all note this going forward. Thank you very much. This actually feels (laughs) this feels like a pretty straightforward game because of the way most of the ball is distributed is kind of identical on both sides in terms of there are two receivers you care about. Now it looks like Cam Brake could be back, so I could argue that there are no tight ends you can rely on. Someone may score a touchdown, right? But predicting that will just feel so futile. So I don't really want to worry about the tight ends. Each team has two receivers, and each team has one running back we like a lot, and one of them also has Leonard Fournette. But (laughs) (laughs) I I, I had to get that joke in. He's fine. He's still yeah I know, I know. uh he he's still getting more of the work than rashad white white did set a season high in touches i believe at 11 last week but he's doing just enough to really make really be a, a thorn in the side of Fournette without actually holding a ton of fantasy value in his own right I'm still probably not starting him. I do like, if uh, if we're looking at this game from like a, maybe a DFS perspective, I, I want to I wanna be on Mike Evans. Since week four, when they got Chris Godwin back, they have an 8% pass rate over expected, the Bucks do, and they both have a 21-22% target share. But Mike Evans has a 41% air yard share compared to Godwin's 20%. He also leads the team in end zone targets. Other than Russell Gage, somehow, I guess because he's played more games up until recently, he also leads the team in red zone targets. So I, I want to keep buying the dip on Mike Evans. Maybe, like Pat, we talked about this on Tuesday right with how the Bucks are playing and how much talent they have at least at receiver there has to be one more blow up spot we have half a season left get us one more and this could be the spot
0: Yeah, Mike Evans has 37 scoreless targets over his past mm-hmm. three games that seems not sustainable to me and I feel like you he, he, he said I had almost stopped my tr- you said Russell Gage had more end zone targets red zone he has, he's uh, a okay. team high in red zone targets somehow my God, Russell Gage out this week, probably Julio Jones, yeah, yeah. assuming we're not, we're not interested in Julio where are we?
3: I don't know. Julio still isn't playing a full snap share. Like I, yeah. I think there's still a semblance of talent in there, but you know, I'm not going to gamble on a clear third receiver at best. And really he is almost the fourth receiver. I think, you know, Scotty Miller played more snaps than last week or whatever the week before that they were flipped. You could stash him if you really feel the desire to, but you're certainly not playing him. Oh, one of the note, Ken Walker, uh, maybe even getting more of a role. Obviously, he's just a baller on the ground, but he set a career high in snaps last week, a career high in routes and targets. So I don't think he is a full three down back, but I think it's maybe safer. At least we're pushing toward the way we talk about Damien Pierce, where two and a half downs, if you want to call it that, is kind of where we're at, which is awesome.
1: I think that third wide receiver spot on the Bucks is is pretty important, and it makes me a little nervous about them. This week, because uh, unless Julio is able to kind of play more, Scotty Miller has a first read target on 19% of his routes that leads the team, and that's not something that was you know occurring because of injuries earlier in the season. He's been at uh, he was at 25% against the Panthers, 19% against the Ravens, 23% against the Rams, and that's been a real problem because he has a 4.5 yards per target, which is about half of what you'd expect based on his ADOT. So it's just kind of sucking value out of the offense that they're not just throwing to Miller, but like seemingly having to incorporate him into the game plan. And I don't know if that's related to, you know, matchups with Mike Evans or Chris Godwin's health or what, but they, they need that game plan calls for a good third receiver and they don't really have it right now.
0: No, which, which is weird because they used to feel like eight deep at receiver, right?
3: And I mean, (laughs) that is probably an underrated aspect of obviously like the, the offensive line is a big town downturn from recent years, but uh, like as much as he's crazy, Antonio Brown was the best third receiver I can remember in my lifetime. It's unreal that they were using Antonio Brown as a wide receiver three on their team. So to go to now, like you can't trust Gronk. Yeah, exactly. Their third or fourth receiver was the best tight end ever, probably. So to go to Kate Otten slash Cameron Brayton, And then Julio Jones slash Scotty Miller, or even Russell Gage, probably an underrated aspect of the downturn of this offense that doesn't get talked about because the line and how disappointing it's been has sort of hogged the spotlight of the conversation.
0: Tell me what it would have been nice if one of those Rotoviz receivers had panned out, just one.
1: (laughs) I I love analytics. Six round pick, I believe, Scotty Miller, and we're
3: talking about him in 2022. So there you go. From an analytical perspective,
0: it's panning out. Yeah, yeah. I love analytics.
3: Just for once, I'd love them to work.
0: I do love RotoViz too. Actually, that is not a shot at RotoViz, but no. the Bucks front office was reading RotoViz for a really long time. So many of their guys. Dude, Justin Watson
1: the... uh, crushing on the Chiefs now.
0: Another... That's true. Uh, yeah. Jalen Darden, uh, what's he up to? Um,
1: uh,
3: he's on the Ross. Don't uh,
1: quote was, that me on that. was after
3: left Roto-Viz, I think.
0: <laughs> 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 I you won't defend that one. Crane, Colts Raiders is shaping up as one of the most bizarre matchups in recent memory as Andy gives a high school coach Six days to get ready uh, for an NFL team in the Las Vegas Raiders. It might not have looked like it the the past two weeks, but they are an NFL team. How in the world should we unpack all of the bizarreness in this game?
1: It is pretty bizarre. Um, So here's an actual quote from uh, from Jeff Saturday. I don't know if you guys saw this press conference. It's pretty good. He does check the self-awareness box. You got to give him that. He said, I may be terrible at this, and after eight games, I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. I may be really good at it. I got no idea, but I dang sure ain't going to back down. I can tell you that. So I do I kind of like his attitude. You know, he's willing to admit he might be so horrible at this that he admits it eight games from now. Uh, I do. I do worry about the Colts here. Cause he's, he's got Sam Ellinger who has been legit terrible. Uh, he only has 79 plays to his name, but what he's shown so far has been extremely unimpressive. He's been uh, less efficient than Baker Mayfield and PJ Walker. Uh, Only Mayfield Walker and Cooper Rush have been less accurate than Ellinger. If he's ever going to show anything, though, it would be against this Raiders defense. They're 31st in EPLL per dropback. They're 30th in dropback success rate. They're actually potentially overrated based on the schedule they've had this season. They've had a really uh, pretty easy schedule. So they profile as like a legit, terrible pass defense. Uh, If Ellinger can't do anything here, I mean... I do, I actually do think Saturday is going to be telling us he's no good eight eight weeks from now. Uh, Pittman, real, I think. Real quick before go you go ahead. to
0: Pittman, Matt Ryan has resumed practicing. He's not going to play this week, but like that we'll time bomb is now ticking down, and it's going to go off at some point.
1: For yeah. sure, there's almost no way. I mean, there's. It's if, you're, it's if this
0: the, if Jim Irsey is already this tilted, like Matt Ryan will be playing again. Either that will get cut, I don't know, one or the other, no in between. And he even would,
1: if Ursay pushed for the Ellinger thing, he can now claim it was Reich and they yeah, can yeah, go yeah, back yeah, to Ryan. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's kind of an undo button, I think. But, yeah, Pittman, he's a low floor flex, but he's got a 26% target share, 29% air yard share. He runs all the routes. So I think, you know, it doesn't feel great, but you can trust him. Uh, well, you can't really trust him, but you can you can play him. Uh, Taylor looks like a running back, too. It's a somewhat difficult matchup. Uh, but if he gets a passing offense that isn't a total dumpster fire, then, you know, I think you can have him in lineups, obviously, if he goes. Um, and then the Raiders on the Raiders side, they have been a run first team. They have a minus 6% pass rate of expected on first down. They're slightly run first overall. They're playing a lot like the Packers. This is not really a good matchup for that kind of style. The Colts rank fourth in EPL out per rush. They're eighth in success rate. They're still playing Jacobs. He leads the NFL in share of team attempts. He's got a solid 11% target share. So he's... Going to be fine. I think he's more of a low end RB one here, but you know he'll be all right. And then we've got Darren Waller to IR. Hunter Renfro, I believe, went to IR as well. Correct. He did. So uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, there's nowhere else for the targets to go. Uh, this this defense ranks 25th in dropback success rate, so the Raiders should actually be okay when they do pass. But you know, I don't think we're gonna. It's I, this could end up being kind of similar to the Patriots game last week, where they they don't have to do a whole lot. The running game is somewhat inefficient, but they're still leaning on it, and the Colts aren't really pushing back much on the other side.
0: Boy, I'm just—I just want a crazy game. This really is my Super Bowl. The, it the could be school.
1: fun. The Raiders' defense could help us out here. Yeah.
0: The, the yeah. high school coach against the team that keeps lowering the bar every week, and again for worst performance of the year by any team. The Raiders have done it like four times now. Um, Do you yeah, think
3: would, uh, is McDaniel's out if he loses to Saturday? Uh, well, according to some fake Twitter account, he's been out for a few days. He's already out. Yeah.
0: A darn <laughs> chef that was verified, I thought. reported he's out. So uh, uh, yeah, he's I, verified.
2: Really? real. The, right. They paid for the verification. Um, I, I, I do think that it's okay to stay patient on the Colts receivers for now with the prospect of possibly Matt Ryan coming back, because if they resume that like fast paced shotgun, yeah. heavy quick hitting thing that they were doing before Ellinger took over if they're forced back into that, then Paris Campbell becomes interesting again. Then uh then uh, uh whoever what's the, the top Yeah. Yeah, the
0: other uh, guy, you know, Pittman, Pittman Wood, Jolani yeah. Woods. Uh, They've also been
1: running more heavy personnel with Ellinger, so those guys so like um United Jolani Jolani Woods, maybe, Mo you know, Alley Cox, Harrison, Kyle
3: Ranson, <laughs> Marvin Harris Campbell,
1: and, and and Harrison, they're all rotating. Um uh, Pittman's not. Pittman's glued to the field, but but the other guys are are seeing less routes than they were with Ryan as well. Right.
3: Uh, hear me out if this game is going to be decent. I don't think we had. I haven't checked the practice report today. Mo Ali Cox and Jelani Woods are both out. It's Kylan Grants. Den- Denny, this seems like a take you would like. It could be Kylan Granson season. And oh. I think that's like four weeks ahead of schedule. You know, this is some, some
1: grass.
2: No, uh, no, no. Did you no. the skip off his hands last week? Yeah, no, he's terrible. But the Zoomers are saying that Kylan Granson season is a vibe. And I, I can't disagree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. A, all right, no good...
2: that, conv- that actually convinced me. Yeah, right. It's a, a vibe ba- vibes-based economy, vibes-based game. We're going with it. I'm
0: going uh, with it. This will be a vibes-based vibes based break. We'll be right back after this. For all you college football fans out there, make sure to check out the most recent episode of the Notre Dame on NBC podcast where Corey Robinson not only looks back on the fighting Irish upset win over then number four Clemson, he sits down with the record-setting tight end Michael Mayer after the big victory. Find wherever you download and subscribe to your pods. Guys, against all odds, the Lions and Bears might play a game that is actually fun. This is typically a game you know, it's played at 1130 a.m. Central on Thanksgiving. There's like 19 total points. Everyone's like, man, I know the Cowboys are terrible, but when's the Cowboys game start? Uh, the two teams are meeting up in Chicago with a total approaching 50. Denny, we have questions on the Lions side, but a budding superstar on the Bears side. How high is too high for Justin Fields?
2: I really like struggled when you when I saw this this prompt. You know how high is too high? Uh, I'll I'll give that to you in a second because I just I just want to pepper you guys with some numbers, okay? And the listeners they love their numbers, so here we go. Since week four, Justin Fields is the fourth highest scoring quarterback in fantasy. I think he's running a little bit hot as a rusher. He's twenty six points over expected since week four on the ground, which is hot, which is higher than anybody by a long, long shot. So, you know, he's doing, he's doing a lot with those rushing attempts. Um, 55% of his fantasy points have come via the rush since week four. Uh, it's uh, wow. something. Okay. I, I don't know how sustainable a model that is, but it has been fun up to this point. I will say last week, uh, against the Dolphins, uh, his design rushing share got up to tw- about twenty percent, which is really, uh, I think, hopeful in in uh, knowing that it you know he's getting the design looks rather than all just scrambling and leaving the pocket on on dropbacks. Um, so that is that is good. Maybe that can sort of balance things out a little bit. Um, you know, for this week against the Lions, uh, I'd start him. I start Fields over everyone except for Mahomes. Hertz and josh allen if he plays
3: that's where i have
0: him ranked too you play him over tua yes I think so who he's opposing in this football game
2: no no he's he played Tua last last that week. Yeah, yeah, was last, last week. week
0: never mind um well Close yeah time. i mean no no the game was so good they're doing a rematch right yeah, it's so time right, it. for it yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they should do that to. don't play bad games only play the good ones
1: I think Tua might have a higher ceiling, but I think I'd probably play Fields.
0: I have Tua one spot ahead of Fields. I have Fields as Well, it's,
1: it's really close. Yeah.
0: Uh, it is really, 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 really close. He's one of the most fun football players to watch in the entire NFL. Crane, you talked about, so talking about Justin Fields' receivers, you talked about Chase Claypool's ability to command double teams last week. What did we see in his Bears debut? What can be realistic expectations going forward?
1: Wasn't double teamed once. Uh, literally not double teamed a single time. Now, was he on the field a lot? No, he was not. So maybe that's why. Partially, he was also new uh, to the team. So, yeah, you know, we'll see. But uh, 42% route participation, that's well below like fantasy relevant. However, he was targeted on 38% of his routes, got a first retarget on 25% of his routes. Both of those are extremely high elite rates. Uh, definitely risky for him to be in your lineup this week, given the overall route participation. But like they were looking to get him involved in a really big way. And hey, if the defense isn't paying attention to him yet, all the better. So I don't think it'd be like insane to play Claypool if you kind of need someone as like a bye week fill in type. But uh, I think more importantly, like if you have him on your bench, that you got to feel excited about where he might be at in a couple weeks in terms of the target pecking order.
0: Yeah, I don't think this, because like as you said, kind of like, th- it seemed like they're ready to commit to this guy for obvious reasons. They used a second round pick on him, they desperately needed weapons. The offense is actually kind of producing now. I think they're going to continue to force the issue with him. I think with four teams on bye. You can probably sneak him into the top 48, to be honest. So maybe a second flex, maybe your wide receiver yeah. three if you really hit hard by buys. But I mean, we know Chase Claypool is kind of a rug puller, but we'll see. It, there's definite reason to be excited. Kyle, on the Bears' backfield, David Montgomery, he's kind of like firewalled his 1A status, where it's not like Cleo Herbert's gone away, but David Montgomery's maintaining the snaps advantage. Now the production is kind of coming back down to earth for Cleo Herbert, too. Uh, I I mean, I just kind of laid it out, but what do we need to know about the Bears'
3: backfield? Yeah, Khalil Herbert running like Barry Sanders probably wasn't going to hold up forever. I still think he's probably the better runner between the tackles. But from what we saw last week, Montgomery had a 70% snap share. We had Khalil Herbert just under 30, outcarried Khalil Herbert 14-7, more than doubled him up in routes. It seems like based on like matchup, game script, et cetera, they will probably rotate which one of their running backs they use, maybe not more, but if it flips between 50-50, or 60-40 plus in favor of Montgomery, or even. But the thing is, your floor is roughly half of the carries, plus all of the targets and routes for running backs, or at least a vast majority of them for Dave Montgomery. And your ceiling is not many routes and maybe half the carries if you're playing Khalil Herbert. So you can probably still start Khalil Herbert because he's efficient and gets some of the work. But last week was not promising for the fact that you were thinking maybe you could get half the carries. Now that seems like the ceiling and the floor is so much lower.
0: As the Lions, they kind of play up and down to their competition and offense. They really, really struggle against good defenses. They oftentimes match points against bad defenses. They've been in a few shootouts. DeAndre Swift, we know, is the one who's giving everyone heartburn. Only five touches last week. Only five. Only out-touched Justin Jackson by one. You know, They said he was going to be snap-counted. They said this week he's probably going to get more touches. Anyone have any Lions thoughts other than maybe DeAndre Swift still being worth a flex – uh, plunge As someone who maybe hopefully is closer to eight to ten touches this
3: week. Wow, eight touches! Don't get too carried away. Know, All, All of eight. I know. I, know. I, I would do. take
2: it. Sign up for ten touches from DeAndre uh, Swift. <laughs> um, I, the the Bears have been really horrific on defense uh, recently. Uh, you know they they've uh, they're giving up the eighth highest EPA per play over the past four weeks. Like I think that I think that the Lions are kind of kind of maybe a sneaky DFS type team here um and i think the bears are going to continue just to be really bad on defense which is good for fields in the offense mostly for fields uh and uh, and 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 it, and it could be obviously amon-ra still a target hog um so yeah i think you can feel pretty good about playing well him mostly and that's <laughs> <the> most <laughs> mostly,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. switch out a 16% snap share last week that's just crazy low mm-hmm. so he's i just I not, am like he's not healthy that. and
3: they're protecting him like that's yeah that's just where but he are, looked healthier We're not
1: protecting him just bench him just sit him that's true they're really like really half-hearted protected. protecting him
3: yeah they're yeah. like <laughs> just let him get can, right it, it makes i think he funny. is right at this yeah, point they're on. just afraid
0: any amount of work is too much for him and he does but then work. what's the point of having him just play yeah what's it okay. i hate to be else. the bearer of bad news they just cut him all right i hope <laughs> you're happy that makes sense that's the bearer of great news let him play anywhere else please True. that would be amazing he has not been cut uh, two teams becoming weekly shootout machines, the Browns and Dolphins square off in Miami Denny with a total nearing 50. What what's tickling your fancy in this one? My my fancy is tickled,
2: folks. Oh, uh, I don't know if I can say that on air. No, you can't. Maybe we to, fine. I think uh, I'm going to get sued. Uh, the total has risen since Monday, uh, so we have that going for us. Both defenses here are top 10 in yards per pass attempt allowed. Neither team applies much pressure to the passer. Miami is 26th in pressure rate. Cleveland is 19th in pressure rate. Uh, and and that that could be good for Jacoby Brissett and the Cleveland passing game. I want to say attack, but I'm not going to say attack. Uh, Cleveland passing offense, because uh, Brissett has completed 70% of his passes from a clean pocket this season, according to PFF. Uh, that rate is just 47% when facing pressure for Brissett. Of course, the problem for you know, if you're if you're going to rely on Brissett and or pass catchers for Cleveland, is that uh, Cleveland really really likes to establish the run? Uh, they are under their expected pass rate in every single game this season, and the Dolphins can be run on. They allow the tenth highest EPA per rush over the past month. Uh, you know, so unfortunately, I think there is a path to uh, the Browns establishing it, slowing down the game. If they're not pushed super hard by Tua and the uh, Dolphins' offense,
0: sounds like you're cashing the under. That's what you're saying. The well, forty nine and a half has no chance. Is what you're saying?
2: I you're gonna need. I mean, you're gonna need you know a seventeen twenty point lead for Miami in order to get the Browns to to drop back a lot here. Um, and the Dolphins are susceptible to to the rush.
1: I, I'm actually a little bit more excited about this game environment, partially because of what you mentioned about the EPA per rush on the Dolphins' side they have been susceptible to long runs. Justin Fields just showed that Nick Chubb. I mean, that's like the worst weakness to have against right. Nick Chubb. So if we get explosive runs from the Browns, then maybe that helps speed the game up yeah, my dog's into it.
2: Yeah, he's, he's into it. He, he likes it. And I actually, I, that's a great point crane. I, I, uh, I hope, I hope that's the case. I, I, I do think that the Dolphins, Offense is, I mean, obviously you're starting Tua, you're starting Tyree, you're starting Watt, but I think that they they have another ceiling game in them in this matchup.
0: Sounds like Crane's dog was saying not just uh, Kareem Hunt, or not just Nick Chubb and Cash, but also Kareem Hunt and
2: Cash. If you you play the bark backwards, it does say Kareem
0: Hunt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) Kareem Hunt and Cash. I thought it was only Nick Chubb and and Cash, but yeah. Kareem Hunt and Cash as well. Kyle Fox has been promoting Cowboys Packers for two weeks, which uh, is not normal. (laughs) Uh, Since they had games last week, they could have promoted. Uh, But really, it's a low wattage game, lacking an offensive firepower for fantasy. What do the people need to know about this game?
3: Yeah, it looks like Aaron Jones escaped last week without any serious injury. I still it makes me nervous that he will go back to doing the full Committee, especially if they're going to give A.J. Dillon any goal line work, would be nerve-wracking because we saw we saw them, I don't want to say cancel the A.J. Dillon experiment, but at least cancel the idea that it could be a 50-50 split. Jones is just such a, a dynamic player they started giving him more work. This gives me a little bit of, uh, you know, we talk about vibes. I have the greatest vibes for felt Aaron Jones getting as much work as he did in recent weeks. They even held him. He wasn't he said he was able to go back in last week and they held him out. So I do think maybe performance reasons
0: game. that he was benched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a joke, but yeah, uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> he, he said he like pushed I'm, to go back in of a he, on this spot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, wait, really? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, for like those who didn't cover the game amongst us, you're like, oh, shoot, I got to go update Yeah, right. Oh, whatever. this changes
2: yeah. everything. Uh, disinformation from Pat Doherty. Yeah.
0: So exactly. if I'm verifying on Twitter. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think? What do you think this isn't real information? It is. Got to check. Look, look, it's the internet.
3: How could anything be uh, not true? So, uh, you know, you're still starting Aaron Jones, right? But this at least, I guess, maybe gives you some optimism that you can run out. AJ Dillon is like an RB3 type, but... They're underdogs in a game. The offense has been just utterly stagnant. I'm not sure I want to play a two-down back on this team. I still think I'd just be betting on Aaron Jones. Alan Lazard coming off a 26% target share, 36% of the air yards last week, and a third of the Packers' red zone looks. He's been solid as as the team's top receiver. Honestly, been more impressive than I thought he was based on me not really drafting him. You're probably starting him up again this week. On the other side of the ball, I mean, you know the story. Uh, Tony Pollard's better, and it doesn't matter, you know, eat rbs have fun you know it's, it's painful that hurts i don't like it but we're gonna assuming zeke's back which it looks all, all systems go crazy. is this part of a stand-up set <laughs> Dude, look, eat Arby's, have i'm just fun. saying i'm just saying if anything you know if football's canceled netflix i uh i could do i could do 30 right i don't know if i've got a full hour in me I could do, i could do 30 though you, 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 know, you, you mean
0: eat Arby's for 30 minutes, not tell jokes. For
3: <laughs> hey, that's I can tell. <laughs> yeah. like, a the, eat all his eyeballs, comic folks.
0: folks. Yeah. Denny has literally yeah. eaten Arby's. Well, I've watched him. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people have. <laughs> jokes on us, because I watched two. <laughs> that's pretty good content. It was, it was really good. I'm not gonna lie. Can we run the clip? Do we have a clip of that? Just run the clip real quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Run the clip of Denny just engorging himself on Arby's, <laughs> oh, please. Yeah. Producer Adam, yeah. All
2: right. I think I, I next forty, 40 the minutes
0: is just Denny eating Arby's. This sounds. <laughs> this.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, oh God! Come on, man. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> you, you gotta let the people know that before
3: that's going. You gotta yeah, skip that about that. Oh, jeez.
0: Uh, anything left to say about this game? The Cowboys are eating Arby's in the backfield. We do know that.
3: Eating Arby's in the backfield, uh, the wide receivers, it's mostly CD Lemmer, bus. We have seen Dalton Schultz kind of come back to life now that Dak Prescott's under center. It seems like whenever they have Dak, it's clear that Schultz is sort of a priority of his. So you can probably fire him up as a streamer. He has a 24% target share in the past two weeks. So I would say it's kind of safe to, given the pretty dismal state of tight end across the league, he's got to be in the top 12.
0: Dak Prescott just loves the man too. He's devoted to the entire Dalton Schultz catalog um so yeah he's back <laughs> Schultz is back uh and we'll be right back right after this just a reminder if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now the contests are free and easy to play and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football on the PGA Tour and in the Premier League there's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Chargers and 49ers in our Sunday night seven and don't forget to download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster, get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Two teams supplying more questions than answers. The Jaguars and Chiefs square off in Kansas City with a total above 50, Kyle. We'll start with the Chiefs, where fantasy managers undoubtedly want to know, are the Chiefs abandoning the run and simply letting Pat Mahomes cook?
3: Yes, and it's
0: awesome. You have to think like, about it. This is,
3: I mean, it's it's, <laughs> this, it's the it's the simple truth. It's over the past three weeks. They have uh, over the past four weeks. Excuse me. They have a pass rate over expected over fifteen percent on the year between them and number three. The Bengals is over double. Like they are completely abandoning the idea that you need to establish a run game to be efficient. They're just going uh, completely nuclear as a passing team. And even though we may see them play, you know, less close games than they did in the the weird Titans script. I wouldn't be too concerned because that's the whole point of pass rate over expected as a cat. So uh, you can maybe still fire up the, the between the tackles backs praying for a touchdown. If we talk about like, you know, the AJ Dillon types, I w- would not be playing them.
0: Speaking of playing them, we're talking, we're playing P- Juju Smith Schuster after we basically canceled him like four or five weeks ago. Now he's back to being a wide receiver too. Uh, crane. What is going on behind Juju Smith Schuster in this Chiefs receiver core? Michael Hartman just never goes away. Kadarius Stoney played, you know, like 15 snaps or whatever. MVS canceled. Uh, so besides all that, what's going on behind Juju Smith-Schuster and the Chiefs receiver corps? Well,
1: Hardman has um, mispracticed uh, with an abdomen injury. So that would maybe, I think, maybe have an impact on MVS in the sense that he would probably graduate back to being like a true full-time <clears throat> wide receiver. He only ran a route on 72% of dropbacks last week. He was a part-time guy, really. And I was wondering if that might happen because Hardman is – has added a little bit of juice to the offense in certain ways. So, you know, it kind of became like wide receiver by committee behind Juju. If Hardman doesn't go, then maybe MVS is back to full time. But that wide receiver three spots likely to be by committee. Justin Watson had 26% route participation last week. Sky Moore was at 24%. Kadarius Tony at just 8%. I don't think you jump from 8% to anything meaningful. Tony could lead those guys this week, but I don't think you want him anywhere near your lineups.
0: Yeah, Uh, I was was hoping. Actually, kind of hoping you were going to say that, and I don't want anyone ever to tell me to play Kadarius Tony again. It's
2: weird uh, to say, but the Chiefs are among the least fantasy-friendly offenses in the entire league Mm -hmm. at this point. Like, we don't know what where that where the production is going to come from, except obviously Mahomes, obviously Kelsey. (laughs) That's it. That's all we know. Like, we have other teams. Dolphins come to mind. Um, Cowboys to an extent, you know, uh, other teams where we know uh, Bengals with Chase healthy, but not the the Chiefs, man. I, I hate the Chiefs for fantasy.
0: I've never thought of him that framing. You are right. Like, that's actually pretty insane, <laughs> but it, it's not. Even,
1: even Juju, I mean, his he has a yards per target that's way above where you'd expect. He's got a 10.4 yards per target. It's about two and a half yards higher than you'd expect for a 7.2 a dot. So and we've seen like he's ripped off, he's gotten away from the defense. It's had a couple of long runs. It's really boosted that up. In terms of what the actual volume that he's seen, nineteen percent target share, eighteen percent air yard share. He's an underneath guy who isn't all that heavily targeted. So yeah, I think he's probably fine to trust. He's going to be out there a lot. This is you know the highest total of the week, shootout potential. So I'm not saying don't don't start him, but I think even he like there's no one super trustworthy except Kelsey.
0: Danny, is there anything worth betting on in the Chiefs' backfield? Or is we just have full on a void here at this yeah. point? Right. I mean, this is
2: this is part of what I'm saying. Like, uh, I like I I despise Kansas City Chiefs for fantasy purposes, including their backfield. Where I I don't think I mean certainly like ten team leagues, you just have no interest. Should have no interest in this backfield. Twelve teams, I guess you got to scrape a little bit here and there with four teams on a buy, whatnot. Um, yeah, like last week, uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire played just 17% of the snaps against the Titans. Uh, That's down 11% from his previous season low in snap share. Uh, Over the past three weeks, Jarek McKinnon has uh, looks like the only viable PPR option in this backfield. He has 86 routes over the past three weeks to 35 routes for CEH, 27 routes for Isaiah Pacheco. Um, McKinnon had eight targets last week against the Titans. Of course, that was a massively inflated total with, uh, Patrick Mahomes almost breaking the NFL record for most, uh, passes in a, in a game. So, you know, re- remember that when you're looking at McKinnon for this week, but yeah, I mean, you can't play CEH, Pacheco is like, again, I'm going to use zoomer talk here is the most mid running back of all time. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and McKinnon is the only one running routes. So I think, I think McKinnon is the only one I would, I would be interested in here.
0: Kyle, the Jags' offense is pretty straightforward. Christian Kirk's hanging around the low-end wide receiver two mix. Travis Etienne's a high-end RB one. Is there a second Jags pass catcher worth betting on behind Christian Kirk? You know, Evan Ingram finally got some expectations last week. Then he got a back injury. <laughs> yeah, what's going on behind Christian Kirk? Yeah,
3: even including Christian Kirk, just over uh, from week five onward, the Jags have four players between a 19 and a 21 percent target share. And in fact, Marvin Jones, I believe, despite missing a game, actually leads them in just total air yards. So it's kind of even including Kirk, a mess to choose who is who I still think you're betting on Kirk among the receivers. But the second receiver to care about, as you pointed out, would just be Evan Ingram because he gets tight end eligibility. And he's getting used as much as any of the other receivers are. And he returned to practice like he was in and out of the lineup and then ended up not finishing the game last week. But he was back, I believe, limited fashion as of yesterday. So it looks like he should be fine enough. And with his target share, that, that's, like I said, with Dalton Schultz, that's good for tight end one numbers.
0: The Rams and Cardinals meet up in SoFi Stadium with quarterback questions for both teams. Matthew Stafford's in the concussion protocol. Kyler Murray didn't practice Wednesday, Denny. He? he did come back on Thursday battling a hamstring issue What in the world is going on here?
2: This game is disgusting. Uh, You know, I I mean, every total has plunged. Yeah, and and I, you know, you can't blame anybody for that. It's that the the Rams Rams games are really really difficult Mm -hmm. to watch. That Rams Bucks game actually like took years off my life last week. Uh, I will say, okay, uh, because I was assigned this game, I do have things to say about it. Uh, Cardinals are tied with Atlanta as the most extreme pass funnel defense in the league which you know probably good for Cooper cup and might be good for Van Jefferson. He saw this Jefferson saw the sixth most air yards in the entire league last week against the Bucks. He he accounted for 55% of the Rams air yards that equated to zero <laughs> fantasy points after he because he dropped uh, an egregious uh he had an egregious drop on a 30-yard uh route. So the big play potential is there for Van De- Jefferson, uh, but he only ran around on 54% of Matthew Stafford's dropbacks in week nine. Hopefully that ticks up a little bit. We get into the sixties, maybe the seventies with that rate, with that rate, he continues to see deep shots. I think he's usable in deeper, deeper formats. Last week was very disappointing. On the other side, we have uh, the ramps. Uh, they have the league's lowest pressure rate through week nine They've given up the eighth highest rate of positive passing plays and the sixth highest completion rate in the league. I think it should be a good spot for obviously for DeAndre Hopkins. Rondell Moore has seen 18 targets over his past two games, mostly because of inflated offensive play totals for Arizona um it as the team. But in, you
0: can say it. I mean, what do you say? You can, the election's over. You can say it inflation.
2: Danny. <laughs> yes, we right. Are, we are fighting inflation for the Cardinals offense, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, it is not working. Uh and now no one can afford a home. Anyway, <laughs> uh the, Rondo Moore has eight, as uh, 18 <laughs> targets. He has uh, an 18% target per route run rate uh since DeAndre Hopkins' return, which is higher than Zach Ertz. So I think you can say Rondo Moore is the uh, is second in the pass catching pecking order for Arizona right now.
0: In the lowest total game of the season so far, Packerain, the Broncos and Titans meet up in Nashville with only 36 and a half points at stake. I mean, what's the lay of the land here other than my eyes are already bleeding.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean this this coaching staff is I they might be the worst uh, left standing among the the people who started the The year with jobs uh they they rank 30th in epa per rush they can't run the ball at all but they're continuing to play balanced uh they also run their offense from under center russell wilson ranks quarterback 23 in shotgun rate you know like some teams like the chiefs they can't run the ball but they just play out a shotgun pass all the time broncos aren't doing that they're running under center but hey at least when you run under center you know you're gonna have more effective play action you know Except that they don't run play action. Russell Wilson ranks 27th in play action rate. So it's just a nonsensical, completely inefficient offense. Wilson's only been slightly worse than Kirk Cousins this year. Now, Wilson has been bad to be clear, but he hasn't been like atrocious, atrocious. It's just that like what the Vikings are doing with Kirk Cousins, they're, they're past, uh, they're pass first on first down, as well as overall, they run play action at a high rate. They're kind of maximizing what they're getting from Cousins, which is, you know, mediocre to poor, but, the Broncos are kind of minimizing what they're getting from Russell Wilson, which has also been not good. Uh, we have a very strong run defense here with the Titans, and I do not trust the Broncos not to waste downs running into the line. Uh, that's going to take this passing game down a tick from where you even maybe thought it was. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton I think are both in play as flexes, but they both look very risky. Uh, we also have Greg Dulcich becoming like legitimately involved. Go. He he leads the team with 1.96 yards per outrun, run, which is actually pretty darn good considering the state of this offense. He's coming off a game with a 91% route rate, he's also in play as a deep uh, as a, a deep threat. He, um, Kyle Pitts with a 14.2 a dot is the only tight end with a higher a dot than Dulcich's 13.3 a dot. I think is quite important for tight ends. It can also help us kind of separate the guys who are just underneath dump off options from legitimate playmakers to that point Darren Waller ranks third in a Mark Andrews is fourth in a dot so maybe Dalsich gives us something here um but again this matchup isn't that great on the Titans side it's Derek Henry and nothing no matter who plays at quarterback you either have a limited Tannehill or Malik Willis we know how they're gonna go and in either case can be super run heavy the Broncos have an elite passing defense but they're only 20th in EPA allowed per rush so the big dog can get rolling here that's going to be the entire Titans game plan and it might work.
0: Traylon Burks might be coming up in your reserve. He actually claims that he is. Um, but we we know how that goes. I don't, you know, can't
1: start him in his first game back. No, no,
0: no. You can't. Especially it's a with the match. quarterback concern. Like you said, even if Ryan Tannehill plays, he'll be highly limited. And yeah, if Traylon Burks does not play, um, no. That's just all there is to say about the Titans pass catchers is no. Just, you don't say their yeah. names, you don't say their setups, you just say the word no. That's right. And then you move on. You move on to the New Orleans Saints at the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pat Corrine. Steelers are coming up by two and a half point home underdogs uh, to the struggling Saints. The Steelers' bye week was full of intrigue with reports suggesting both George Pickens and Jalen Warren would be slated for more run going forward. What do we think is real in the skill core?
1: I think the Najee part of this, the Jalen Warren Najee part of this, maybe a little bit more plausible. Where you know Najee Harris ranks running back forty-eight in rush yards over expected per attempt, ahead of only Cam Akers. He's running back forty-eight in success rate, ahead of only Brian Robinson. Uh, so the idea of getting anyone else more work makes a lot of sense. Warren hasn't been that great this season, but he's a rookie. You'd imagine you know if they want to see what else. They have. Uh, I would still expect Harris to be well over 50% of snaps, but he's been at 69% or above in three straight games. Uh, so we could see him fall from there. You know, maybe he's more like the mid 60s, low sixties. I think that's that's certainly possible. George Pickens has eighty-nine percent route participation, so I'm not really buying that he's gonna get a ton more run. You certainly can see him no. 99. There you go. Uh I think we could see him get like more first read targets potentially, but Claypool wasn't actually seeing a lot of those. So if he gets a lot more uh, in uh, in terms of like the offensive game plan, a lot more targets per route, some of that might need to come from Deontay Johnson.
0: Uh, Speaking of Deontay Johnson, Kyle, will the regression ever hit? Will it finally hit this week? I mean,
3: like, like in, in a very literal sense, Uh, if he continues this pace, if he gets over 100 targets, obviously he's easily on pace. He's on pace for like 150 or 60, something like that. He would have a bottom 10 season all time in yards per target. I don't Mm. think that part of how bad he has been is sticky. Now, however, you can easily see why he will continue to be a below expectation guy because Kenny Pickett is graded as the QB 25 on short throws, the QB Mm. 33 on intermediate throws. And to his own discredit, in fact, uh, Deontay is... 91st in yards after the catch Per reception, he is 47th in missed tackles Forced per catch, so he is Not doing much with the already Inaccurate targets he's seeing I think he will get above 5 yards per target, which he is Somehow not above right now, but do I Think he will be a like league average Efficiency player based on his volume I, I don't think so, no, I think it would be almost Crazy to think that he can achieve that With how things are going right now, so it will get better But will it even achieve average? I, probably not.
1: I not I think that you have to look a few weeks down the road for Deontay Johnson because I think that the Saints have a really high success rate against the pass. They're more susceptible to big plays, which is not hmm. Kenny Pickett's game at all. It's not Deontay Johnson's yeah. game. Maybe it's good for Pickens. I don't know. But when you look at their schedule later, because I was making fun of uh, Kenny Pickett last night and feedovers. Uh, that weren't we all? Weren't we all? Yeah. Feedovers, yeah. I was pushing back pretty strongly based on the schedule. And he has a point, but we have to wait a while. In week thirteen, they get the Falcons. Week fourteen, the Ravens. Week sixteen, the Raiders. Who I was talking about, they might be the worst pass defense in the league. And seventeen, the the uh, the Ravens again. So uh, your Deontay Johnson uh, regression. Maybe it's in the playoffs. Maybe that's fantasy playoff. That's when you. Dude, have.
3: my my four and nine teams are going to crush it yeah, yeah, the it losers bracket. <laughs> I'm gonna say for for,
0: for Deontay Johnson to regress to the mean in the playoffs, where that would have required you to make the playoffs, which mm-hmm. you did not do because yeah. you had Deontay Johnson. <laughs> Denny, is there any saints pass catcher to like not named Chris Olave, or has this kind of become a one man show? Jarvis Landry could finally be back this week.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a chance that the saints are, you know, they have to drop back a little bit here. I know they, they definitely don't want to like when they can, they have been under their expected pass rate. Uh, Landry, I guess, I guess could be interesting if he falls back into like a full complement of routes and snaps, I guess, you know, PPR wise, he can be what he's always been, which is just a guy who somehow draws eight to 10 targets um, and, uh, and catches a few of them for uh, like 40 yards. So we, we could have that. Juwan Johnson has been interesting because, because he's running a lot of routes, you know, he's just, he's out there running a lot of routes. Trowman was back last week too. Right. And, and that's, and that's, that's all you can ask for. Sometimes (laughs) with a, with a streaming tight end with Kate Otten is for instance, um, it's just, just lots of routes, lots of opportunities to maybe catch catch a pass. Now Juwan Johnson has had a lot of we'll call it garbage time fortune, uh in his uh stint as the starting tight end. But yeah, I mean what Crane just said is is also a factor. Uh Adam Troutman was back and Juwan Johnson was still um, you know, clear by far clearly the uh primary pass catching tight end for Andy Dalton. So you could do worse than Juwan.
0: I know the analytics bros are always talking about like, taking targets from Adam Troutman is a skill. So uh, <laughs> it's a big time one for Jordan yeah, routes, Johnson so
2: getting routes. That's what yeah. it's a, that's a vicious, that, that was unnecessary.
0: It yeah. was actually, but is anyone starting Najee Harris? Like do you start him as a, flex?
2: you have to be down bad. <laughs> you, yeah, you do. You have to be down bad.
0: Cause he's going to get like 10 to 12 touches still probably, but man,
2: I, I mean, he's been, horrific Uh, i maybe through the bye week he his his horrible foot injury uh healed up even though he's not listening maybe the offensive
3: line got better maybe kenny pickett learned how to throw maybe a lot (laughs) of things happen
2: this the saints are also like they're not what they
1: were on the run no uh, in terms of run defense i mean so you know we kind of act like they're like not good now but they are good against the run they're just not like the saints of old so it's not a good matchup
0: the commanders are road speaking of not good matchups. The commanders are road tripping to face the eight and no Eagles as more than 10 point underdogs. Kyle, where should fantasy managers focus their attention in this game?
3: Oh the remote? Change the channel? I don't know. Oh,
0: Come on, man. man. The Eagles
3: are fun. No, no, no. You can watch this game for the Eagles. <laughs> Eagles are sick even though they've been beating up on, I want to say lesser opponents, but frankly, there are two two teams in the NFL who would not be considered lesser opponents, but they've been beating up on, you know, the Texans, the Steelers, Cowboys, maybe without Dak, if I remember correctly. But even despite having obvious games where they can kind of just salt it away with the run, they've been slightly positive pass rate over expected on the year and over their past four games. So even if you expect them, as Vegas does, to absolutely wash the Commanders, we can still expect at least a reasonable amount of volume and incredible efficiency through the air. So you're not benching anyone based on matchup AJ Brown, fifth and target share first in air yard share. Absolutely. That dude playing him, Tavon Smith, Dallas Goddard, all of them going other side of the ball is not that interesting. In, Terry, in Taylor Heineke's three starts, Terry McLaurin has a 32% target share, a 52% air yard share and is a top 12 fantasy receiver probably playing him again even if it's a bit tough matchup against the eagles defense one thing i was a little disappointed about last week i mean i'm disappointed by a lot of things in life honestly but antonio gibson only ran a route on 55 percent of drop oh. back despite the team missing jd mckissick they gave brian robinson routes which just doesn't seem to make sense to me and he turned it into negative six uh receiving yards so even when we thought we had like a glimmer open this backfield you're you're not getting quite the role we thought we could with antonio gibson so Honestly, I think this is just Terry McLaurin for the Commanders as far as fantasy-relevant stuff goes. I, w-
2: I want to say this about Antonio Gibson. The process was right. That's
3: all. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs>
2: well, no, well, There's it
0: was no right. such thing as a correct Antonio Gibson process unless it is putting <laughs> him on your bench, Denny. That's the correct Antonio Gibson process. I did that uh, two weeks ago, and he scored like 25 points,
1: so right. I can't get it right either way.
0: Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. what what a con- What a confounding conundrum. That one is continuing to make fantasy man. I already used this joke. I was saying continuing to make fantasy managers' eye bleed, eyes bleed. But I, I ad libbed that joke earlier in the show. And apparently, yeah, I think you just need to see a doctor. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, my, my eyes are just always bleeding. It's actually disturbing my children.
1: The, these NFL games, like uh,
0: yeah, my <laughs> kids like Dad. I'm Halloween's like, over. <laughs> why is blood just coming out of your eyes? Quiet. <laughs> Daddy's watching his sports. Uh, but yeah, anyways, Chargers arrive in Santa Clara as roughly touchdown underdogs to the bi-rested San Francisco 49ers. Danny, we'll get into the 49ers in a minute, but I'll ask now my weekly question, is there any hope for this Chargers passing attack? Uh,
2: no. Mm, so we can move on. No, uh, Fine with me. Justin Herbert, folks, who, you know, la- at last check, uh, he has a strong arm, uh, maybe the strongest <laughs> in does. the league. Uh, he can throw the ball downfield. He is Stronger than, than a normal arm. Of that, right? He is—he has a bigger arm than me, I will say. Uh, he could have hit you on that pass where you were just fading away into the end zone pad. Anyway, uh, Herbert has the sixth lowest average intended air yards per attempt, and he's twentieth in adjusted yards per attempt through week nine. So it's just all checkdown stuff. It's—they it, just have nothing, especially with Mike Williams out. But even with Mike Williams in, it was just—it was just constant, just checking down. Even against the Falcons, the Falcons. Have just a horrendous secondary, okay? Like you, you look at every measure of how good or bad a team is. It, it, it covering receivers, playing, and they're terrible. The Elena is awful. And last and last week, Herbert, I think, threw for two hundred and forty-four yards against them. Like yeah. what? It's just unbelievably bad. So Niners, uh, much uh, much better pass defense, obviously, than the Falcons. They did lose Jason Veray to an Achilles injury just a few minutes ago. Um, so that, that is something, uh, the, but right now the Niners allow the ninth lowest EPA per pass attempt and the 10th lowest rate of positive pass attempts. I, 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 I don't see any, any upside for the Chargers, even if this is a blowout. And I think, I think that this has blowout written all over it. Um, I, I just can't, can't find a reason to like make yourself play Justin Herbert, unless, unless you, I don't know, unless you just don't don't have another choice. Like, I, I wouldn't play, I wouldn't play like Andy Dalton over Justin Herbert,
3: but I would think the fact that. that that was even a conversation, though, which it is a reasonable yeah. thing to consider, it, it should tell the you the fact that
1: it. I can't get mad for you, even yeah. I think he's attempting 45 there.
3: passes yeah. a game. Doesn't um, he have like one 300 yard game in the past like six weeks? Like, it the is, passes you know, mean nothing. Forever.
0: It's the most Never. empty thing I've right. ever seen.
1: It's Eckler, yeah, it's Eckler
2: and nothing.
0: So I couldn't tell Denny from the tone of your conversation. Is it DeAndre Carter and cash or DeAndre Carter?
2: (laughs) Right. Right. it's, it's, it's uh, definitely DeAndre Carter in something because he's, he's probably going to see a lot of checkdowns. Eckler has, has a ton of upside as always, just based on the fact that they don't throw it to anybody else. Um, Josh Palmer is obviously in play in 12 team leagues. You can go ahead and start him again. Hopefully, he can he can continue to draw a, a solid target share, but uh, this is this is a I think this is a nightmare. I think the Chargers are just gonna just be destroyed here.
0: they would be very Chargers for them to finally win a game, and also be very shanny to lose this game. Oh my! Coming off a buy, oh yeah. god So yeah, speaking of the buy, Crane, with a week to think about it, how concerned do we remain about Christian McCaffrey just hoovering up all the Niners high value touches? Is, is this still like a real thing going forward? If you're Brandon Ayuk manager, a George Kittle manager, etc.
1: I'd be pretty concerned. Uh he ran a route on 69% of dropbacks uh a couple weeks ago, targeted on 45% of those routes. That's unbelievable. Uh he had a 36% target share. This is a running back. He had a 36% target share. That's the highest by any 49er all season. Uh then when you look at how the offense performed, how Jimmy Garoppolo performed, that's like also concerning if you Don't want this to happen again. Garoppolo had his most accurate game of the season in CPOE. Struggled in completion percentage over expected throughout this season. So, you know, maybe this is kind of the answer. Even shorter throws to someone coming out of the backfield is how you get Jimmy to sustain accuracy. I don't know. I do think just given this matchup that someone besides McCaffrey could have a really nice game like Debo or Ayuk or Kittle, definitely not two. But one of them could could probably have a pretty nice game, um, and I think Ayuk is really in the mix there. He he leads the team in first read targets per route. So I wouldn't just immediately say, "Oh, it's going to be Debo if it's a wide receiver." I think Ayuk has a legit shot. But they're going to cannibalize each other potentially for targets. It's, it's possible that none of them have a big game. So yeah, it's it's definitely concerning that C H or CMC is uh, is getting so much of the high value work. talking
0: about a Freudian slip there. there no. yeah. uh, goodness, it's, it's
1: the exact opposite of, yeah. of CEMC. CMC.
0: But I I liked, by the way, that uh, you got in a Michael Bandy mentioned earlier um, that had to be done for the good of the nation. That had to be done. Kyle, is there any situation behind Austin Eckler in the Bolts backfield or is it just going to be they draw another name out of a hat this week, basically?
3: Yeah, I mean, even if last week we maybe got some clarity, Isaiah Spiller out carried Sonny Michelle seven to one you're not really relying on that. We even saw, we've seen Eckler's sort of weird red, red zone goal line type of woes from early in the season have not been as prominent. And even though Isaiah Spiller did lead the backups in carries, he only saw two more snaps than Sony Michelle. Maybe you could argue that makes him the, the stash to own. If you're looking for that, like, you know, the random, you know, the one off Eckler misses a game and you need him. You need to have Isaiah Spiller to win the week. Maybe he's the guy you stash. I don't mind holding on to these types of players as we get into the playoffs because they can be like individual game winners. But that's it. You're only rostering any of these backups, and it's probably Spiller if you simply have nothing else to do with your last roster spot.
0: Bro, does anyone have any Debo optimism? Crane kind of RIP to me. lumped him in with Kittle and Ayuk. I still think he's probably a tier above Kittle and Ayuk, right? 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 I don't, I, I mean, maybe
1: in terms of pure ceiling, but I don't – think he's necessarily that much more trustworthy than those guys
3: i kind of agree with that like i think he is more talented than brandon iuke he's shown elite ceiling and elite target domination in the past that hasn't been as prevalent this year so based on the sample we have right now i still think you if you just truly pick one you're picking devo but yeah. uh like it's it's not a decision many people are going to be faced and if you're facing it in like a dfs context you have price and ownership to account for so they're probably all similar enough even if crane like points out that the ceiling still i assume favors Debo. you could argue the same with kettle though Yeah,
0: those are good way to put it. If you had to pick one, you're probably picking Debo. But, yeah, he really might be in the same amount of trouble that they are. We end the show with a game only Rivers McCown could love. The Texans arrive in New Jersey as roughly five-point favorites – or, excuse me, five-point underdogs for a game barely clearing 40 points. Denny, what do the folks need to know about this game? We saved it last for a reason.
2: Yeah, this is a fantastic game. I'm happy to talk about it. Uh, I will say that the – The Giants may not throw a pass here is, is, is what I'm, is what I'm thinking. And if they do, it'll be exactly one pass. No, I mean, it's uh, it it really, it's a huge, hugely uh, positive script for Saquon Barkley. Uh, Texans are the most extreme run funnel defense in the league. And the Giants have the sixth lowest pass rate over expected. The the Texans allow the seventh highest rate of positive rushes. We saw uh, last week, look, first and foremost, I'm a film guy. You know that. And when you when you watch, when you watch the Eagles running backs last Thursday night against Houston, and they're and they're busting off th- five, seven, eight yards before they're even touched, you know, like I've like when do you see that? It looked like it looked like you're watching like the Mac. Nothing against action, okay, yeah. on on uh, on ESPN or whatever. But but uh, but it, that that that's what it, that's what it looks like. Like the Texans are just uh, horrific against the run. The Giants want to run it. So you, you got, you know, Barkley all day. I really, I don't know. Um, I know Crane, I know someone on Twitter was trying to get us to, to fight about Wandale Robinson. I, I don't think we got to that. Uh, oh, were they? Yeah, uh, they, they were, they, so I said is like, like hardly usable in that offense, especially in that sort of game script. And I guess you don't agree with that. But I, I do agree with that. I just made a bet with Overzet last night that there's still oh, like a wild score <laughs> for
1: the rest of the season. Oh, oh okay. He also so, has
3: so, the heart to fight about Wandale Robinson at this I, time. I, of I, year. No, you're <laughs> right. Okay. So usually,
2: usually I'm I'm used to if someone, if another fantasy analyst gets tagged in a tweet, it's like, why don't you guys fight about this player? But he's but this person's saying, Oh, Crane agrees with Denny. Okay, I got it. Um, good. Yeah. I mean, Wandale is like a desperation play. I I feel like even if, even in PPR, he's running a good amount of routes seeing a decent target share, but kind it's kind of like, who cares? Like, okay, he could see a 30% target share here. And that would come out to, I don't know, seven targets. So, (laughs) you know, maybe. So I, I just, I think that you, you need to probably look elsewhere to a more fantasy friendly game environment than this one. If you're looking for a pass catcher to throw into your lineup this week.
0: Well, it's not like you're saying Saquon Barkley in cash. I'm saying Damian Pearson cash too. Uh, Giants' yeah. run defense is terrible.
2: Right. I mean, you're, you're obviously you're playing him. I, I will say if, uh, Philip Dorsett is somewhat interesting. Oh Brandon boy. Cooks is out. I, I, I'm trying to put some sicko plays in here. You know, the <laughs> the, the, the media won't talk about sicko. Well, let me let me sickle. talk about Slayton for a second. If we if we're talking sicko yeah, plays. Okay. Oh my god,
1: uh, <laughs> he's seen a first read target on 20 percent of his routes, which leads the team. Yeah. He uh, has actually, he's actually seeing volume expected yards per outrun of 1.82, which leads all active giants significantly higher than Wanda Robinson. Wanda Robinson has a 4.5 ADOT, so you do need volume. Denny's right. You're not going to get it. But Slayton, he's got a 14.0 ADOT, so one or two plays for Slayton could make his day. Daniel Jones' deep threat is about as
3: sicko play as it gets, but,
1: you know. Roto-Patch, how many...
3: How Truly many running sick. backs do you think you get to play in cash? Because you've named
0: a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm playing through I'm I've never ever put a receiver in the flex spot. I mean, ever. 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 Put okay, Najee Harris in the flex.
2: Six running backs uh, in a, a, per, per week.
0: Yeah. But you gotta get both Jalen Warren and Najee in there this week well, you I get think. you play
1: Tasham it uh every week so you can, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get an
0: extra for running sure, back in there. For sure. <laughs> Russell Wilson too. Uh because you know, yep. it's just safe, but you know, you're getting 180 yards and one touchdown. So I want <laughs> safe, maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I also want the show to be over. So it's <laughs> over. Um, All right. <laughs> talking about the Houston Texans. And that's, that's a good place to end the show. Let's be honest with you. Um, so check out the site Crane's walkthrough coming on Friday, Denny's funnel article coming out on Friday as well. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that what it's called? Mm hmm
1: funny cakes by denny
2: His the thing the with the funneling yeah you know the funnels um, funnel cake
0: 32 facts from career from kyle devorchick no, came out earlier in the week a rankings articles out kyle and pat will be talking some dfs uh kyle it would be too late uh but thursday night you're doing a show with vaughn and lawrence just go check out yeah a lot of great stuff on the site so for Pat Karain, for Danny Carter from Kyle Dvorak, I'm Patrick Darty. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later.